existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match this Here's how we practice What's up, dickheads? I uh, hope you're all proud of yourselves. <laughs> you bunch of fucking idiots. I, I blame the Trump presidency entirely on people who listen to this podcast. So It's a small voting Welcome block, Continuum. but you don't get sarcasm, do you? You idiots. Uh, this <laughs> is John great... Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. I don't know what's become of this show. Well, we're welcoming that... a guest. Maybe our special Melania guest can Trump. explain it. Melania Trump is here. I'm here. Ah, voice not. Hello, enough. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I have no ideas in my head. <laughs> and this week. Wait, did you go back to Michael? Oh, well, I, I suppose Turn. they're so similar, it's hard to tell, I guess. Um, this week we're doing, well, let's let, these were Michael's picks, so I'll let you. They are. These are two movies that celebrate the less educated white voter. Um, the, uh, the, there are two Australian films. Um, one is The Castle from 1997, and one is Kenny, which was from 2006. Six. And nobody, I guarantee you, has ever heard of these two movies. But And they're not my typical movies. They're not like my terrible good movies. I think that they're actually both good in their own way. And I just wanted to share them with somebody, so I was, I was bullying John into doing this episode. Yeah, and yes, I would not have classified these as Michael Morris movies at all. So I was a little bit no. surprised by both. The Castle is way more up my alley than Kenny. Well, yeah, honestly, both of these movies were recommended to David, my husband, because we love like Kath and Kim, which is more up my alley, and um, The Castle is like totally like quirky and weird, and or the characters are mm-hmm. put that way. And Kenny was recommended by somebody who said it's better than the castle. And I don't know that I agree now that I've seen it. <laughs> I recommended it before I'd ever seen it, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we'll figure that out when we get to the, to Kenny. I'm which, sure you figured it out already. <laughs> by the way, uh, this copy you gave us. Eh, oh, it didn't work well. It was not working. So it's all right. I found it. I, oh, uh, it was kind of it watching Pat. your copy was kind of like watching pornography in the 80s on cable TV. No way. I did not know that. I didn't even try to look at it. I mean, I've got it was it beautiful, DVD. Pat. <laughs> no, I mean, he was all squiggly. <laughs> oh, no way. I had no idea. Sorry. Like John saved today. It's not a problem. Yeah. Oh, I my d- God. I did what uh, Pat is too scared to do. I illegally downloaded it. No, you didn't. That's a funny joke, though. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, Trump. <laughs> And Secretary of Defense Chachi. <laughs> well, head of the FBI Conway, um, I'm sure she she knows that that's just a joke. Uh, she can go screw herself too. That's not going to be her job. Stop saying scary things. Is Conway Conway's from Philadelphia, right? Is she? Probably. Oh, oh, wait. I, she might be because she was talking about liking the Eagles. So I She's guess maybe. Got that fucking accent. I mean, oh, sorry for hurting your ears with my accent. I love it some, when you talk. You want some water? 
<laughs> I love it when you talk, and I love it when Tina Fey does that accent. But Kellyanne Conway is like, she she sends me like up the wall when she talks because she sounds like such an idiot, and she's such a bitch. The fact that she can smile when she's saying some of the things she says, but that's totally another issue. <laughs> is my accent as bad as Tina Fey's portrayal of the Philadelphia? Oh accent? yeah, it it's totally weird. is. But I love it. I love listening <laughs> to it. Oh, I'm sad now. Yeah. No, don't be sad. It's wonderful. I mean, it's wonderful for Michael. For the rest of us, it's torture. But <laughs> Sometimes when I'm listening to you guys at my desk, Pat will say something, and I'll, whatever you've said, I'll say out loud because I love the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just suddenly like say, like, um, whatever. It's, it's always the ow kind of sound that you make that um, is very Philadelphia. The only time I ever really noticed it was when, we, was when we were doing the Mary Tyler Moore show. I couldn't tell if you were saying Mary or Murray. <laughs> I guess I won't be talking the rest of this episode. <laughs> it's it's the best thing about the show. I love it. I love hearing it. Oh, I'm surprised that didn't placate him. <laughs> well, I can charm Pat. Remember, we have this this um, secret details to still discuss. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been on in a while, but I didn't forget. <laughs> yeah, it seems like something we should do on air. Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> the castle. All right, give us a castle. breakdown. So, the castle is... Because um, we know nobody listening has heard these, has seen these. I know, but if, if, if anybody were to watch any of these, I would say Seek Out the Castle. Because it's on iTunes. Um, it's, it's, it's easier to find than Kenny. But it's one of those films that's like um, quirky, like the Full Monty, which isn't really a great recommendation, I guess, <laughs> considering how like overdone that genre is. But it's it's about like a tow truck driver who bought a house on the edge of an airport, and how his family, as dumb as they all are, they're like hilariously like happy with their life. And when the airport tries to take away their house for um, like a imminent domain sort of um, reasoning, um, you know, they fight the airport, um, they fight the government, they go to the Supreme Court of Australia, whatever that's called. Um, but there's so much funny, quirky stuff with the family that is so quotable. And I guess like um, they, they're so deliriously happy with the most basic things about life yeah right and that's what makes me laugh like the the mother one of my favorite things is that the father is you know the typical lovable dumb guy and the mother's kind of wacky slash what what the hell she wears like these big colorful sweaters the first time we see her she's got like a gigantic like pac-man sweater on (laughs) and when she makes dinner like the father like over the whole movie is narrated by like one of their dumbest sons for and some the reason that i didn't understand because he is a nobody in this story really a nobody a nobody but he's like the writer i think i think uh, he's like the writer of the whole movie but he he narrates the story and he makes everyone just seem like it i mean it's it's nice in that it's not mocking like no that's exactly what i liked about it yeah it's not it condescending really sweet. to them yeah. Really, really sweet. Go ahead. Sorry. Super sweet. And it's just funny. Like the father, like love I and mean, the family is so happy together. And the, the father's like my favorite 
first scene was when they're eating dinner and the father's like, oh, what's this? And the mother's like, sponge cake. <laughs> it's like, sponge cake. Oh, my. And he just overcompliments everything she makes, no matter how mundane it is. What's on top of it? Icing sugar. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's just the most basic stuff she could possibly he, put together. And he does that for every meal. It makes every meal sound super exotic and awesome. Like they're, I think they're eating dinner with the, with the, the daughter and the son-in-law coming home from the honeymoon and everything that you couldn't get this in Thailand. Could you? Yeah. And it's like something that she opened and opened the box to make, you know, it's like not anything that's really difficult, but they celebrate their common sort of everyday life in a way that like is totally sincere. They're not mocking these people. Like you like these people, like mm-hmm. all of these people are totally likable and they're just like, they're just so quirky and weird. Like the boys are so like, I, I, I think if you saw them now, you'd be like, what's wrong with them? Like there's a joke that the soil, the reason their house is, um, <laughs> uh, uh, could be worth more because you know, there's lead in the soil or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Or it's it might have lead, or it might be it might have been a good deal because there was lead in the soil. And the boys kind of act like maybe there was lead in the soil because they're kind <laughs> of just so dumb, but in a funny way. Mm-hmm. And the, there's one son who is obsessed with um, buying things out of the newspaper. The trader. The trader. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever he finds like David and I say this all the time, like um, whenever he finds something, he's like dead. This guy's selling jousting sticks, you know, uh, eight eight fifty, and the father's always like, oh, "Tell me he's dreaming," <laughs> and it's like every everything he brings to the father, they try to they really consider like who needs jousting sticks <laughs> <laughs> or like eight ergonomic chairs. And I, I like whatever the sorry. I, I like about that is they they do that every single time, and he says, yeah. "Tell him they're dreaming every single time." And like the third time, it gets kind of boring, but then they keep doing it. So by the end, it's hilarious. <laughs> And like when he's like sort of low energy, he's like, he's dreaming. (laughs) (laughs) And like whenever I hear something now that's like ridiculous, like David or I, our first comment is like, oh, tell him he's dreaming. (laughs) And like I saw a T-shirt out in the world that somebody was wearing that said, um, tell him he's dreaming. (laughs) Like it's it's one of those things that I think Australians picked up on and it became like a big um, catchphrase there. Because this seems like maybe it was an independent film. Oh, yeah. It looks a... like it was made for like 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah. I, think I, I read that it, they, it took them two weeks to, to write and make it. I think it was that quick of a turnaround. Jesus. But, yeah, it's it's super – like it's not like the greatest story you've ever seen. But the characters and the dialogue and just the, the weird little moments – like the mother has, says a couple of times in the story, she's like, oh, I'd like to learn pottery. I can't not do their accents when I talk about it, by the way. I know that they're terrible. I know. And I know that they're offensive. But um, she talks about how she wants to learn pottery. And at the end, um, the narrator is like, it turns out mom didn't even need a class in pottery. And they <laughs> cut to mom's pottery. And it's like. <laughs> like All misshapen. <laughs> I'd well, like to make me own mugs. It's just like the dad with he made the billiard table, which is all crooked, so the ball always goes in the left corner pocket. <laughs> and they have a in their house. Their house is like largely made built by them, so it's this labor of love that you can kind of understand. I've I've been in houses like this, and they've kind of jury rigged everything. And the other big thing that they say a lot is. Um, 
like they, they use their pool room as like their trophy room. And when they have something nice, it's like, oh, that's going straight to the pool room. <laughs> and they everything that they get that they think is nice goes there. Like the daughter brings back a samurai sword letter opener. <laughs> and it's in like the plastic blister palette. It's like obviously not like heirloom, but it goes right to the pool room as a trophy. And it stays there the whole movie. You see it later. <laughs> And it's just they're just so funny in that they're so consistent with these jokes that they they play all the way through. Yeah, I'll say like I probably didn't like it as much as you. I thought it was okay. Um, the story was like completely predictable, but I don't. Oh sure. I don't know if that's what the. <laughs> oh I, yeah, I was watching this movie. I was really expecting this deep, deep intricate plot, and they really <laughs> disappointed me. <laughs> it's really just about like honestly like i just listen to the way they talk i love listening to the way they talk obviously because um maybe we should write a movie like this about pat <laughs> try to i don't know if i can do that more on speech pattern I'll, I'll go hang out in philadelphia for a while right we, we can it can be about hoogies <laughs> hoogies you guys are saying it all wrong and i'm not gonna say it to placate you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean i thought it was okay um i thought the humor was um i don't know it was all it was all very mild i was glad that uh that they it didn't end up mocking the characters like that was the really nice thing about it to me um because they were basically like white trash right to use that term that is not the coolest but like even their haircuts like told you right off like this right. is <laughs> this is their what level of socioeconomic ladder they're on and where they come from um but they right. yeah and nothing ever like there was nothing in the movie that like i thought that eric banna who was in it yeah as the as the uh son-in-law <laughs> i thought maybe he was gonna be a dick like a yeah a corporate asshole guy but he was actually just like maybe one barely social rung above the socioeconomic <laughs> ladder from them so and, and when maybe, they i'm sorry go ahead so, no go ahead i was gonna say like maybe he's not even that like the i love the scene where he's a kickboxer and he's like his wife is this hairdresser with this ridiculous 90s <laughs> hair and like she's out holding the the kick the punching bag whatever he's kicking it with all his strength and she's like <laughs> push, it's just so funny that like it's She's helping him train, and she's barely able to help him. But I, I like the, going back to them not being mocked. I like that they do meet someone in a higher socioeconomic uh, yeah. place, and he loves them. He wants yeah. to hang out with them as much as he can. And he the, helps the them. lawyer who saves the day. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's nice because you don't feel like you're having fun at their expense. You you feel like you're kind of part of their weird little thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, and, that's, and it's I just like, enjoyable for that. And I liked it. The the I liked it for that, and I liked it that the ending was just as happy as could be. They couldn't have made it happier. Even even the the incompetent lure they originally started with got a super happy ending with a copy right. machine that worked. Right. <laughs> and there's just so many great little details. Like they raised greyhounds, which yeah. is sort of like a weird like like. What? And the dra- the greyhounds have names like Starflash. <laughs> like they're just so over the top. Like Coco. Um, Coco and Coco is like the son only of one Coco. that doesn't have a son of Coco. <laughs> well, son of Coco is at the end of the movie, but Coco is the big winner. <laughs> and they one have of my... 
I was going to say they have a house in Bonnie Dune, which is a like a vacation house at a, at a lake. And apparently that's another thing people say. Like it, it's worked into the popular culture that people say, "Oh, we're going to Bonnie Dune." <laughs> and the father has a whole song about it, but is just that phrase repeated <laughs> ad nauseum. <laughs> what I loved about that is the whole family hated it. That was the one time <laughs> something the father did wasn't perfect. And the lake, you can only really catch carp, which is like a trash fish or something that isn't really great to eat. I think they're really oily or something. And like everything that they celebrate is like the lowest, like <laughs> base, most basic, like nobody else would want it kind of thing. But they love it. They're happy with it. Yeah. I... One of my fav- favorite bits was the, the the wife telling the story of how they met. Because it starts off like, oh, he's going to steal her from this this guy. And it's just so, <laughs> so absolutely sweet that he would not ever do something wrong. Like he, he says, would you like to go on a date? Well, I'm already with someone. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'll leave you alone. I'll walk away and leave you alone. <laughs> <laughs> and that impressed her enough that she went after him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she's great. Like every scene she's in, she's wearing blue eyeshadow <laughs> and lipstick that is lighter than the color of her real her lips. lips. Yeah. And it's the weirdest effect. It's like she's a woman who like maybe doesn't know how to wear makeup or doesn't know how to choose it. But like she's just so happy about it. But it looks so crazy. I... Another joke they use over and over is when the narrator says something and then the characters say exactly what he just said. <laughs> yeah, well, he doesn't seem like the kind of person who could put things into his own words. No, no. I just mean, my. Uh, I, I'm just making this up, but. My father said we had to go to the beach. And then they have the father saying, we have to go to the beach. Right. No, no, I know what you mean. But that's what I'm saying. He, that's why it's funny that he's a narrator because he can't use his own words. He's just like <laughs> explaining things exactly as somebody else said it. But one of the things yeah. that cracked me up for some reason, because um, we didn't mention that that one of their sons is in prison. The oldest son's in prison. Right. <laughs> and like that, the narrator son would be super happy with the rest of the family and then all of a sudden look really sad and then he would say how he was thinking about his brother Wayne in prison <laughs> which was just so ridiculous to me and he was the only one who would visit that brother no one else would go there yeah. <laughs> nobody else ever went and anytime the father brought him up he would just get this far away look about him and then just go about his business <laughs> it was a weird like a weird sidetrack with the whole brother in jail like it, it didn't <laughs> yeah it didn't really play out to anything, well, but it kind was, of tied uh... up in the end, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had they big do. ideas. He made the business huge, but they still lived in that little house. <laughs> and Eric Bana, like just to step back to him for a second, like that's his first film, and it's so low key because I've seen like maybe The Father in another movie or in other things before, but Eric Bana went on to like big things after this, and, and it's so, so this funny. Was his that... best work. Yeah, I mean, the scene where they're talking about their honeymoon and they're describing everything that uh, like everything that happened in Thailand as if it's the most exciting thing, <laughs> like, um, uh, oh, we had uh, we, we we could watch a movie on the plane. Uh, well, and the other the narrator is asking questions constantly, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what, what movie did you see? see? <laughs> uh, Jumanji. Uh, what else? Uh, what was the other movie? Uh, <laughs> Twister. <laughs> Which one was first? Uh, Jumanji. <laughs> and so the sister like, just got sick of his shit. <laughs> <laughs> and the sister, um, the the guy that Eric Bonnet is married to, was in Muriel's wedding. 
And in Muriel's Wedding, she plays like the mean girl or something like that. Oh, that makes sense. I kind of remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. She she plays the one who's like who um, I think she's the one the bride at the very beginning whose husband sleeps with somebody else or something. Is but, Muriel's Wedding the one with Tony Collette, or am I thinking? Yeah. Something? Yeah. Okay. Tony Collette's big breakthrough that unfortunately has left her with things like Krampus these days. But <sighs> I'm, yeah, I'm sure her bank account's really smarting from Krampus. Right. Although I've seen Krampus and it's not as bad as you would think. No, I Adam saw Scott's it too. In it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he's wasted. It must be great. He he's no. wasted in it. I can tell you. You mean um, he's drunk the whole time? Yep. He, <laughs> he would almost have to be to get through it. It's not as bad. It was actually much darker than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, so I kind of appreciate that. It just wasn't very good. I mean, it was, it was okay. It's funny that like, it was trying to scare you, but also make you laugh. Yeah. And it, it didn't, they didn't get the mixture right at all. Right. Yeah. Right. The, the toys, the toys killing people was funny. I enjoyed that part, but like it also, it just wasn't funny enough. It was just too, yeah, it was the wrong balance completely. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, sorry. <laughs> It's our Pat. You know it's going to be a Christmas classic. It'll be all over the TV every year. You'll you'll be fine. Um, yeah, I literally watched it this morning, so it's it's on TV constantly. Oh, it, you watch it on T. Oh, you have cable, huh? Oh, la di da, la di da. Not in right? Trump's America, you won't. <laughs> what, is, he, is he turning off cable and making everything Trump TV? Yep. Yeah. Well, so I always of, thought his plan for running was to lose so he could start Trump TV. I wonder if he's a little bit disappointed. He's probably a lot disappointed. <laughs> I think he's anyway. mega disappointed. You saw those pictures of him in the White House the other day, right? He does not look like he is ready to be president or wants to be president. That's why we're going to have President Pence. Oh. Well, it was nice to know you guys. <laughs> well, you, you know, that, I can't wait that. to meet you when you're straight. Yeah. <laughs> be a whole different guy. Just like I have a feeling I'll be going up in a smokestack way before um, I'm converted. Uh, well, I mean, to clean, right it. Now. to clean it. <laughs> oh, it's like Dick Van Dyke. Right, I'll be a smokestack cleaner. That's my job. That's what my job in Trump's America will be. He's bringing back those jobs, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, Michael, if you, I'm going to try to help you with your Australian accent. This is... Oh. This, mm-hmm. Here's how you do it, because uh, I'm a master of accents, as you know. Good day, <laughs> mate. Ah, ah, ah. That's much better. Everybody will know exactly where you're from. Yeah, I'm pretty sure every sentence. I mean, I just saw these two Australian movies, so I'm positive that every sentence starts with good day, mate. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and every sentence ends with on the Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was okay. I mean, it was very nice and sweet. Uh, it, it grows on you. I have to say, the first time I saw it, I was like, God, I can't get through this. But then the the language, the joy of like repeating what they say <laughs> grew on me. In a way that, like, um, you know, it's, just an, it's an older type of comedy. It's something that we don't really have right now, you know? But it's. No, yeah, Viv said, she was like, yeah, that was like a very 80s style movie. I was like, yeah, I know. And it was made in 97. I know. <laughs> but then that is, you know, that's Australia. They're always at least 18 years behind us. So, exactly. If they're like the Canada of the Southern Hemisphere. Exactly. Pat? You want to weigh in on what's wrong with Australia? <laughs> I think it's a wonderful <laughs> place, and I love all our listeners there. 
<laughs> you think you have listeners there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're insane. Hundreds. <laughs> I don't know if you have hundreds here. <laughs> I don't have to stare for these insults. <laughs> Tens, <Sit down>. maybe. <laughs> you know, people used to tell me, like, when I was on your show, they'd be like, oh, I heard you on that show, and you guys are so funny. And, like... I, I, I stopped hearing it. <laughs> I was like, oh, didn't you hear me this week? And they're like, oh, you're, that show's still on? <laughs> We're going to have to rebrand. Yeah. Next week, new name. Grab them by the pussy. <laughs> yeah. the Grab them by the pussy podcast. Featuring Sarah Palin. <sighs> well, she'll be busy being the... Secretary of the Interior. Yeah. <laughs> God. We're so fucked, it's not even funny. <laughs> <sighs> well, should we uh, take a break on that positive energy? Sure. sure. All right, we will come back with Kenny in just a minute. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. We're back with Kenny, which Michael just apologized for during the break, but uh, I don't actually, know why. It was okay. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Okay. I actually might have preferred it to the other one just oh. as far as humor, although to be there fair, a lot of the humor was about shit. I right. had trouble understanding Kenny for a lot of the well, a lot of the beginning. He's got like that I, really harsh lisp, which yeah. I don't know is re, if it's real or or an application. He sort of talks like this, you know, and and also the accent. Yeah. So you kind of can't completely get it at first, but I've seen it twice now, and I have the DVD, so you can put on the subtitles, and that helps <laughs> a lot. So you don't hate it as much as you claim to, I, then. I definitely don't hate it. I just I feel like um, these guys that told me about this movie were so excited by it, and they thought it was like the funniest thing they've ever seen. Oh, and well, I yeah. do think it's a really sweet movie. I think that he's a great character, and I think it's another one where it's about the average person, oh, and totally. it celebrates them, and it makes yeah, you I'm... feel like, oh, this is a good guy, and it's not some idiot right. who's and got he, no education. He is a good guy in it, and there was another thing – well – um, you want to give the brief synopsis first, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, so he's it, – it's kind of a movie that doesn't have a plot. Right? It, it's just – it's a mockumentary, which is so well done that you don't believe that it's a mockumentary. It's, I, I honestly did not believe that this – at first, I was like, that's real, right? Like, it doesn't well, part seem of, super staged. Part of it is that the, everything involved in this, in this mockumentary was based on real stuff. Like they were filming at real events. The chapel in the middle of the race course was real. The expo in Nashville <laughs> was real. The company he worked for worked 
for or works for in the movie actually exists. It's just they just used real things to make it really authentic. Yeah, and it's 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 great. It's just a bit. I mean, if there's a plot at all, it's about a guy who um, works for a, a corporate toilet rental company. And he's a plumber, and basically he works with porta potties all day long, and he cleans them and he sets them up, and he's basically like looked down upon by the rest of the world. And they make this point really well, really clearly that people just think he's he must like eat poop or <laughs> bathe in it or whatever but he just he's a, this regular guy who like is just living his life and he um he doesn't mind his job he's he like no. he enjoys it actually he's and good he's at like somebody has to do it yeah 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 he is good at it yeah and he's really charming and despite the fact that like the poop jokes get really like sickening after a while you just get <laughs> sick of hearing about yes. it and you get sick of him talking about it it kind of does the job that it's supposed to do in that you get the sense of like god his life is just immersed in shit all the time <laughs> right. but yet he's this great guy who like you know, but the, 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 he has god. just adventures there's no like um there's no plot yeah to no what i liked is that the excuse my pun the first half of the movie he's just getting shit on the whole time and then and then he gets this trip to nashville where everything goes perfectly for him i love right. that like you feel for the guy because he's like oh he, he has to pick up his son and his, his wife's being a jerk or his dad's a jerk all these people are terrible to him and then he goes to nashville on first class and everything's going up roses it's awesome i agree because i was oh man i was like getting kind of knots in my stomach and i was not wanting i was like i don't know if i can finish watching this when he was actually on the plane and he was mm -hmm. talking to the stewardess and you could tell like i thought maybe he thought she liked him but she really didn't and he it was gonna end up in some heartbreaking scene like you would get in the office or something like that yeah and i i just kept waiting for like something to go bad for him and for him to be made to feel crappy but it never happened which i was grateful for because in an american movie it, it would have happened i think right exactly like the fact that like they let him win in the end and like he's getting shit on but like he doesn't he doesn't take it personally no he doesn't mm -hmm. get humiliated no. no he doesn't feel humiliated we feel bad for him watching it but like you know his dad is is a jerk and he's sick and his wife is a his ex-wife is a bitch and his kid's kind of a weirdo and like <laughs> his job just <laughs> With his dad, he brings a little bit of himself. Why? Why sure. does he go to someone's house wearing his poop clothes? I don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> but he was clean. Oh, you know, like, I'm sure. But he still. makes the he makes the point early on that like he basically wears this these overalls every day and a, you know a shirt from the company that he works for, which is like named Splashdown. <laughs> It's funny, and like everybody thinks he's like constantly dirty, even though he isn't. And he's like, a, he, they were clean. He was wearing clean overalls, and his father made him take them off and put on a little short robe. <laughs> oh, how about how, how much of a dick his brother is? Yeah. I wouldn't come to your twenty-first birthday. I forget how exactly he put it, but he's so mad at him for showing up in his overalls at the at the party, and then he just leaves their camping trip and gets a cab to get out of there. <laughs> There's so many unexplained little avenues, and I think it's great. But like the brother is such a dick, and they don't ever really spend any time with him. But right, the brother is—I mean, they're both these big hulking guys, and the the father is this skinny old man. So and the brother, they, the brother directed the movie, and he's oh. their real life brothers, and the father's their real father, and the son's the real son, which I think I mean, is pretty. I had no idea. That's all true. 
Mm-hmm. Um, are they really? Does he really work for like a um, a toilet company? No, he's an actor. But the toilet that splashdown is a real company. <laughs> <laughs> As are all the weird companies he saw at the at the expo, like American. Because yeah. <laughs> I had to look it up when I was watching the the, the section of the expo because it seemed like they're. They don't have the money to put something like this together. This looks real, but right. that's because it yeah. was. Yeah, there really, there really are corporate rental toilets with TVs in them. That's insane. <laughs> but what I want to know is, is there really an Australian company called Richard the Turd? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I hope so. I should have looked it up. And I love at the very beginning. It start the movie starts with Kenny talking to somebody on the phone who's like looking <laughs> to rent toilets for an event, and he finds out how many people are going to be there, and yeah, you know, they talk about whether they're serving alcohol, and then the question turns to like, what kind of food are you serving? And it's like <laughs> chips, pizzas. It's like have oh, curry, right? Are there any spicy curries? <laughs> because there are, the ratio of toilets needed goes way up. <laughs> I wish events really put that much thought into it. <laughs> I bet they do, though. I bet that that's, you know, like, um, I, I, I don't want this to sound weird, but I've spent a lot of time in porta potties because, like, when you go to running events or marathons, like, you always have to pee, right? So everybody spends, like, at least one, takes at least one trip to a porta potty when you're in a, a marathon or a half marathon or whatever. And it's a huge business. And I've read an article that was in like a running magazine where they broke it down and they, they broke down how they figure out how many you need and um, what's in them and how they work and, and all that kind of gross stuff. And as gross as they are, like they're actually – it's a really efficient business and it's really interesting even though you don't want to – you don't want to think about it. You don't want to hear about it. You certainly don't want to spend a lot of time in one. Like that, that industry is actually really kind of um, dialed in. So they really do probably ask questions like, you know, are there going to be spicy foods at this event or whatever? I would think you'd have to. Yeah. I, I think anytime I go to an event with porta potties, there's never enough. Well, that's what everybody says. And that's what, like, in the middle of the the, um, the movie when they're at that dog race or horse race or whatever it is. And, <laughs> like, the porta potties are kind of like, like these women who were really nasty to him. Mm -hmm. um, because he was his son was there working with him, and they thought it was disgusting that a child was working <laughs> with public toilets and blah blah blah. And, um, then they're so drunk. These same women at the end of the event are so drunk that they're like peeing on the ground <laughs> and gross. just rolling in it. And like, so, well, one woman falls and she's sort of rolling where the other woman has just peed. And it's like, but yet he's the pig. You know, right. like he's the one that they look down on, but yet they're <laughs> acting like that. I'm like, my God, I've seen stuff like that so many times that people just. <laughs> God, it just it gets people so well. Like it's really you feel like you know him by the end mm -hmm. of the movie. I just think it's funny that Michael wants us to believe he's been in porta potties for marathons <laughs> and not for cruising in his twenties. <laughs> why would you cruise in a porta potty? Wouldn't that be a bad place to go? You'd want to go to like a Port I don't I don't know where you'd go. Any port well, in a storm, man. You'd want a non porta potty for if you're gonna cruise, right? You'd want like a <laughs> A perma Pretty potty. Stable. Yeah, a perma potty. <laughs> I've seen some horrible things in public bathrooms, but I have not yet run against somebody who's having sex in one. No, me either. That's true. I mean, you hear about it all the time, right? But I've never seen it. Well, yeah, if they're smart, they're doing it after hours, I would imagine. 
Well, although if well, you're you smart, you're not it. having sex in a public bathroom in the first place. So. Sure. You hear, I've I've never seen it in person. I've seen people talk about it happening at sporting events and stuff, but no. I've oh not. yeah, that's yeah. interesting. The Aerosmith song "Love in a Public Toilet." That's a great um, one. Yeah. Getting up when you're pooping. You know, that's not how it goes. So Pat, you you have a lot of conversations with people about um, no, it's so dead spin. Anytime it happens, it's listed there. <laughs> like you hear about like you know the famous like George Michael getting caught in a toilet, yeah. you know, having uh, yeah. coming onto a cop or whatever. And um, it's funny that like it seems so common, and I'm sure I'm just not seeing it. I'm sure I'm just not looking for it, so I don't see it. But we oh, live in San Francisco; it must be here. Anytime I use the restroom and I spread my legs too far, I think, oh, I have a wide stance. I should watch myself. <laughs> and especially if you're the only one in there. <laughs> Which is usually, I would hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends if it's a porta potty or a public bathroom. That's true. Right? <laughs> yeah, public bathrooms, there's lots of urinals. That's how the guy <laughs> got in trouble. He's, he wasn't really cruising, he was just had a wide stance. Oh, I don't, I don't get it, though. You're George Michael. I just put an ad up on Craigslist, dude. Fucking rough trade. Come pre- to my rich-ass abode. This was pre-Craigslist, and he didn't want to wait. That's true. It was pre-Craigslist, and like that's like a historical like thing that people like have been doing for, I don't know, forever. Like That's how... Oh, God. I, sh- I can't speak for all gay men, but like, it is something that <laughs> comes up like, again and again in like gay literature or like... We read about like the past, about how gay men would always get like caught um, cruising in public toilets, and I don't know why it happens because it sounds disgusting to me, but it's the thrill of getting caught. I think that that motivates some people. Yeah, that does sound thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> but back I never to Kenny. Liked thriller. What'd you say? I never liked Thriller. The album or just the song in <laughs> the video. The word. Oh. It's a pretty weak song. For I don't know why. It was only a hit because of the video, I believe. Because the song's not that great. That was only a hit because yeah. of Vincent Price. The I heard that true. it was actually just a Vincent Price song that Michael Jackson did backup for, but like he did way too much. And so Vincent <laughs> Price was like, all right, fine. We'll just make this about you. <laughs> Vincent Price would never say that. <laughs> um, Kenny. Yeah, it's also a gay man, Vincent Price, by the way. Was no. he? He was bisexual at least, but he was yeah, very gay. That's really nice. Very gay. Shocking. So he had like 20 kids. Uh, yeah, he had a wife and kids, but he was very, um, uh, I, I guess, of both worlds. Yeah, that's good. I love Vincent Price. He's, everything he did was good. Yeah, I, I like him. Not in that way, but I like him. <laughs> well, I hope not. He's dead. <laughs> that just makes him hotter to me. <laughs> Sorry. It's all about the thrill of getting caught. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they call the song Thriller. Thriller. The funk of 40,000 years. <laughs> Nobody's going to get any of these references at work. They're going to nope. be like, this is so old. What are you talking about, old What's man? Thriller. Right. <laughs> Who's Millennials know what Thriller is. Do they? Yes. I don't know. They've I don't know anymore, band. dude. <laughs> I don't know either. They don't seem to know how to vote. 
<laughs> I thought they. I thought the millennials were the biggest uh, population that voted. It just it turned out they really like Trump. Yeah, no, I guess I, they do not have a vote. I heard the millennials voted overwhelmingly for Clinton. I just don't think enough of them came out. Yeah, we'll never know. Way to ruin my joke. Oh, was that a joke? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did your own ruining. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't mind Kenny. Kenny. I didn't. I don't know why you uh, you were warning well, us about it. But well, not warning so much as like I feel like I thought it was going to be like laugh out loud funny, and yeah. it never was. I guess if I got well, neither that build up, neither neither movie were really laugh laugh out loud funny, but they were both enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, if somebody had told me you got to watch this, this is like the funniest thing ever, I I might have been disappointed in it. But not knowing anything about it, I thought it was fine. Oh well, there you go. I feel like it was. I was told that it was like one of the funniest things of all time, and then I watched it. And I was like, I laughed when he described his mother, because he said, "Oh yeah, his mother was like a um, uh, a fridge with a head." Yeah, from the back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing that I laughed at. But it was still a great. Like I really enjoyed the the performances and the story and. Um, it just well, it's definitely not my typical thing, but um, I was glad that I watched it, and I like the castle a lot. But um, those two, um, not my typical fare for sure. But um, I figured we could talk about something since I hadn't been on in so long. Yeah, and you have other ideas that we'll explore at some point. Didn't we have a bunch of musicals we were supposed to watch, and I made one suggestion, and then once that suggestion was made, the whole idea got thrown out. Well, what, yeah. it depends. What was your suggestion? That might have been what did it. I, that's why I assumed. I think I wanted to replace High School Musical in there. Oh, yeah. Wait, you wanted to replace it, or you wanted to add it? I think you had something. I said, let's do High School Musical instead, and then that, the conversation ended. Oh, yeah. Because I, I didn't realize everyone hated Zac Efron so much. No, I just assumed that when we had that conversation about a month of musicals, that you guys weren't really that into it. Oh, well, <laughs> So, I'm... like, when it dropped, I didn't think you really cared. So I would totally do it. I was so into it, I made a suggestion. <laughs> well, we should still do it. I f- we'll have to find those emails and see what we were talking about doing. Hard to leave them. Forget it. Yeah, well, we got live hairspray coming on in uh, December. Got those. Did you guys see live Rocky, or not live, oh, but Rocky Horror Picture Show? I saw I about taped, but I haven't two watched minutes. It yet. Yeah, no. It's well, I like so the original. bad. The original is so good. And the, the like, they, they try to do it justice. But, you know, I've, I have a lot of different feelings about Laverne Cox playing Frankenfurter. I feel like I that's don't think, not... I, I didn't like that, but I thought I'd give it a chance anyway. Well, it just destroys the dynamic, right? Exactly. Like having, yeah. a, having what is essentially a woman... A, I'm sorry, not what, but a person who is essentially a woman playing a transvestite removes the taboo. Mm-hmm. And the taboo was better when it was a man playing a transvestite and not a transsexual. Because Frankenfurter isn't a transsexual, he's a transvestite. And, like, I love Laverne Cox, and I think she did a great job, but it was a, that whole thing was a terrible fail. And I worry about Hairspray. (laughs) Oh, I worry about all of them. I mean, I don't, (laughs) but maybe we should. Well, I didn't know they were doing a live Hairspray. Who's who's in it? Uh, All I know is Ariana Grande, Martin Short, uh, Jennifer Hudson. And um, Harvey Firestein is that? Harvey Firestein. Oh, and also Billy Eichner. Oh, um, that's right. He is in that. 
Yeah, and then and then it was like you know I saw the commercial it was like and introducing which is what they always do for the overweight girl in, in the lead mm-hmm. like there we gotta we gotta go find somebody there's no overweight people in Hollywood so well once they become famous they lose all their weight <laughs> yeah. that's true just like Ricky Lake R I P Ricky Lake died? died oh I don't know I just assumed her career died I heard from her lately oh. Oh, she's, she's so rich she doesn't need she's... us used to talk to her talk to her a lot. Her and Tempest Blood, so yeah. We'd have our her. morning uh, three-way calls. There's got to be a better word for that. Conference calls. <laughs> In the public restrooms. <laughs> women don't do that. That's funny. But Wait, no, women do it. Oh, you mean just women. Men not in public women. restrooms. Men and women do it. Not as much as men and men, though. Yeah, men, yeah men, men, they do it anywhere. Men and women do do it. But men and women do it like if they do it in public, they'll do it in a car. Doesn't everybody? Because I've seen that. I have seen that before I've seen anybody having sex in a bathroom. Yeah, same here. Oh, I've seen, I've, yeah, I've seen sex in a I've car. I've seen too. neither. Yeah, you're luck, consider yourself lucky. Con- the one well. on Deadspin was a man and woman in a bathroom at the Yankee Stadium. Oh, Gross. What? What are you saying? Deadspin? Fucking Philadelphia. What? <laughs> it's a national website. It has nothing to do with Philadelphia. It's part of the Jezebel Gizmodo network. It used to be Gawker, but that got bought out by say. someone in California. <laughs> it wasn't me. I think it was. Well, they kind of fucked themselves, didn't they? With that, uh, with that Hulk Hogan tape. I mean, they kind of fucked all of us, really, with that Hulk Hogan tape. It depends on who you talk to. If you talk to Peter Thiel, they fuck themselves. Should we cancel our PayPal accounts because of Peter Thiel? <laughs> Do I don't. I don't use PayPal for anything anyway. People still accept that. I guess they on eBay. Some places only accept it. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't use it very often, but I feel like I should cancel it because he's such an like. Um, it, he funded Trump, right? Yep. He put he him funded, over. Supported and. And rigged the election for. Mm. That means we also also have to give up Facebook. Do Wait, we? Is Zuckerberg? I can't figure it out. Is he right wing? Zuckerberg? No, no. Zuckerberg's not. But Peter Thiel's on the board of directors for Facebook. He's one of the one of the founding uh, money people. Uh, Venture capitalists is, might be the name you're looking for. Yeah. Nope. Money people. Founding money people. Got it. He's he uses money children's name. blood so he can uh, live longer too. Peter Thiel, I'm all right with that. I mean, that's I'm a, okay with that too. It's like age-old fountain of youth. <laughs> I don't know if it would be age-old if it was a fountain of youth. <laughs> well, it's the age-old fountain of youth serum. I think Michael's right. <laughs> I think it'd be age-old if it's fountain of youth. I think just I think like I... Trump and Hi- and Hillary supporters were both right, <laughs> except that they are not right. Well, except for that. Yeah. I mean, One's left. Oh, Jesus Christ! I I gotta learn how to edit this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I this love all the silence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be just like the John show. <laughs> I think more likely it would just be the Pat show. I just edit myself out. Can you imagine how ridiculous Pat would sound if he was just <laughs> reacting to all my stupid shit I was saying? I Not any more ridiculous actually, than I already do. That's a fantastic idea. All right, that's going to be an that, episode. That episode where you guys just 
talk to yourselves. Yes, that was that was horrifying <laughs> that was to record. I love that. John but, never wants to do it again. Like I feel like all Pat did was just turn a microphone on, but like normally he's sitting in his house talking to himself. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant that with love. You don't I feel like that's the, what I did because all I did was ramble the whole time as well. I thought, I thought Pat at least had some love. points he was talking about. No, Pat was great. He seemed really happy to be talking to himself. <laughs> and it seemed like he was very comfortable talking to himself. And it was more comfortable than you were talking to yourself. And I was just like, oh, I bet he does this a lot. <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way. I adore you. There's no nice way to <laughs> this, really say this that. This seems like a very much like the Pat Roast episode. <laughs> Pat roast. <laughs> What's for dinner, Pat roast? <laughs> Wait, Pat. Who's the bald character on Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> I forget his name. Ted uh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we jump to recommendations? Asians, 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 Asians? Sure, you guys go first. Apparently next week I'm going to recommend two things that Pat already recommended that I didn't realize, so... Uh, what were those? I apologize for that in advance. Oh, a couple comic books. Which ones? He can't recommend them two weeks in a row. Yeah, I can't do that. But I do recommend Pat getting a little upset at me. I mean, I do, I do, pro- <laughs> wait, prognosticate Pat getting a little upset at me for that. Um, yeah, but you go first, Michael. You always have like 57 to do, so. <laughs> Actually, I'm just going to have one. I have been um, uh, rereading. And by that, I mean reading for the first time um, The Mayor of Castro Street, which is Harvey Milk's biography in the wake of the national nightmare that just begun on Wednesday. And um, I find it fascinating to um, hear, to read a good writer writing about the history of San Francisco and about like the history of the civil rights movement as it pertains to gay people. And I think that it's really worth a reexamination if you've never read it. Um, There's a really interesting passage that I just read today that totally pertains to what we were talking about, um, which was about in the 1930s um, in San Francisco, the movie theaters on Market Street were known to like be places where gay men would go to have sex. And um, the cops would send in their most attractive cadets and say, Hey guy, you've got to you've got to ensnare these gay men, and so the way they would do it is they would paint their penises with mercurochrome, and I guess the gay men in these theaters would offer them oral sex, and I guess it would go to completion because the police would catch them because the gay man would walk out of the theater and his lips would be the color of the mercurochrome and they would arrest him. And that's how they knew who they were catching. That seems ethical. It's terrifying, right? Like, such a weird thing to do. Like, just because you can't see it in the dark, that's why they would do it. Right. But like, I can't imagine you... mercurochrome would be good for your penis either. No. <laughs> so you know they got theirs in the end. And, and you're and you're a straight front. cadet, and you're you're forced to go do this. That's a that's a lot of fun. That's... Is it in the in the 1930s? No less. Like, who the fuck? Like, they had no like, like. What kind of movie was playing during this? It was just, <laughs> just imagine. I'll be imagining all night. <laughs> uh huh. The mayor of Castro Street. Right. Very good historical document about 
um, the beginnings of a resistance movement to some sort of oppressive force. Take that as you will. All right. Well, I mean, obviously, it doesn't affect my life at all, so I'll never read it. But right. <laughs> no, that sounds good. I'll check it out. Uh, no, you won't. Something. I'll just watch that Sean Penn movie instead. Same thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am Sam. Yeah, great one. <laughs> I thought you... it was called Got Milk. Oh no, that was just his ad campaign he did. They had, it was commercials, but it was never a full-fledged movie. Thank God. Plus, what it was you... called You Got Milk. No, just got. Milk. It ended with a question. Yeah. It was, yeah. You got milk. Not, I don't know why you're adding milk. a U. It's not an Italian American <laughs> ad campaign. <laughs> you got milk. <laughs> You got milk? That's my... Wait, no. You I got your got milk, milk. Right here. <laughs> You drink it with your hoagie. <laughs> uh, come on. Everybody knows you don't drink milk with a hoagie. Even I know that. You drink Yoohoo. Am I right, Pat? Oh, this all sounds disgusting. <laughs> I think you just drink straight olive oil. <laughs> um, Pat, what do you have? I guess I'll recommend a comic book that you'll recommend in a few months called Violent Love. It's a Violet or Violent? Violent. Violent it's a, Love. It's a kind of film noirish, pretty good start. And uh, that's it. Who publishes it? Image. Yeah, I'm pretty. I don't know. I'm pretty wary of publishers other than Image right now, but I don't know why. I'm sure it's just. They seem to have the best track record to me. And other ones I don't know. Who to trust? Like which some studios does there? good things too, and then some some of the other independent ones. But yeah, Images has a pretty good. You can be relatively sure you're getting something quality, right? Yeah, it's safe. Yeah, Image is located in Berkeley, California. Is it? I just yeah, somebody added me to their LinkedIn network, and I'm like, who the fuck is this? And it was like they work for Image Comics. Like, oh fuck yeah. <laughs> Were they always there? Yeah, they've always been there. Huh. I wonder how that that came about. That because I know it started where it was a, it was all the like McFarlane and all those guys wanted to start a company. I would have thought they would have started in New York, not Berkeley. That's neat. I think, so. I think somebody like Eric Larson or one of those people that was the original founder. I think that they lived in Berkeley, so it just ended up okay. in Berkeley. I mean, look look at DC is in LA now. You know, that, is that's it? all. Yeah, all that stuff is like moved out of New York. Not in Gotham. Not anymore. Damn. Batman is driving down Sunset Boulevard. Wow, we need him more than ever. Mm-hmm. Getting a bat tan. Bat tan. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to recommend because it was showing in uh, reruns and it's kind of it's kind of relevant to these movies and what's going on in the uh, culture. But um, at least the first few seasons of Roseanne, which was talking about it with Viv, they're there's no portrayal of blue-collar Americans on sitcoms anymore. Um, and I think people forget how, like, revolutionary that show was at first, having a, a parents talk about what shitty little brats their kids are and uh, <laughs> living in squalor but still being able to be happy. Uh, and it went off the rails the last few seasons, I think. But uh, it was, re- I mean, it, it was a show for the middle Americans and, at, I was in the army during part of it, so I was like living amongst those people, and uh, yeah, I just thought it was really good. It <laughs> those was people. It was. Good to see. You, if you're in the army, weren't you one of those people? No, I was always like, 
Well, I yeah, I mean, I was poor and shit <laughs> for sure. I mean, uh, Sarah, what's what's the middle child's name? She was not one of those people, but she was still one of those people. I mean, she didn't. I don't. I, I, anyway, I don't mean to argue with you. I, I don't hate you anymore, John. No, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Trump has healed this country. Roseanne voted for Trump too. She was she one of did. his big supporters. Did she? No, yeah. she was. She was like all about Jill Stein. Well, no, for a while, and then she. She broke. endorsed Trump in the last week or so, at least. Did she? You confusing really... Roseanne with uh, Susan Sarandon. I do well, a lot. I, believe me, I know the difference. <laughs> they. I think they both were like, well, maybe Trump rather than Hillary. They both hate Hillary. Oh yeah, Roseanne for sure had been supporting Trump for a while. I didn't know she had the Jill Stein thing. Well, because Roseanne had run on the Green Party platform before, right? So has everybody. Yeah, that's true. I have, so I can't even. <laughs> anyway, nevertheless, uh, the, mm-hmm. uh, that show was good for its time. And uh, even, because even like Modern Family now, like they all have like single earner households, every family on that show. You know, it doesn't really reflect, I think, what a lot of people live, so. I hated the blanket on their sofa. On Roseanne's? You were supposed to. You weren't supposed to love it. I could never watch that show because I hated her house. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You weren't supposed to be like, oh, look at that decor. Now I got some tips for what to do with my place. (laughs) No, no, I know. They made it so ugly. It's like, you know, when you watch Archie Bunker or um, All in the Family? Yeah. And the house is, everything is orange and yellow and brown. And like, it's so repulsive. and. Right. <laughs> Dude, I've been in that Roseanne house. I mean, numerous times. What do you mean, the set? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean I've mean, i been it basically in that house. Was I've, Roseanne there? I've known. <laughs> so until next time, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Write to us at popculturekidgene.com. Oh, oh, did you already hit stop? No. Oh. I just said, oh, shit, because I uh, jumped the gun and we have to do this. Even though nobody writes us, I don't know why we have to do it. But they will please, one day. by all means, continue. Like us on Facebook. Rate us highly on iTunes and rate us high, high, high ratings. Or rate us low and rate us funny low ratings about how we are, are uh, uh, I don't know, puppy killers. Wait. And, and tell your friends to listen. And don't, forget, in Australia. don't forget to mention how PC we are. <laughs> I'm a Mac. Goodbye, I'm everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Hoagie. <laughs>